Before we begin our Torah study this evening, let's pray together. Baruch Atah Adonai Torah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. I want to talk to you today about not enough and the importance of small things. These two phrases can help us aim for more and yet be content with small beginnings. Not enough. That means there is more. And the importance of small things, that means that small beginnings and small steps are important. They're not insignificant. And this is how Hashem accomplishes revival and renewal. One part, not enough, and one part, small beginnings. One part, not enough, helps us move forward and see beyond where we are. And one part, small beginnings and small steps, the importance of small things, helps us find contentment and meaning when we're just moving forward little by little. All of this connects to the theme of the revival of the Jewish people and the revival of the nations of the world and how these two aspects of revival and renewal are connected together. And the prophet Isaiah speaks about this in Isaiah 49, verse 6. Let me read to you. He has said, It is not enough that you're merely my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the offspring of Israel. I will also make you a light to the nations, to the Goyim, to the Gentiles, so that my salvation can spread to the ends of the earth. When we read this, it should be clear to us that God intends to restore the children of Israel, but he does not intend to stop there. He will also revive the nations of the world. And the revivals of the Jewish people and the nations are connected together. In verse 6, the prophetic word helps us see that the connection is strong between Jewish revival and revival of the world. As well, it's directed to those among the Jewish people who are being stirred and called to be part of the spiritual revival of the Jewish people. These same people, Jewish people who are stirred for Jewish revival, are also called to be part of the spiritual revival of other ethnic groups and nationalities. And then the question is, how do we in a messianic synagogue embrace these two seemingly different directions, but actually connected directions? Our messianic synagogue is an adumbration. That's one of my favorite words. It's an advance indication of what God wants to do. And in this case, on behalf of the Jewish people and the whole world. We have Jewish families here in our congregation, families from different ethnic backgrounds too. In fact, some of our Jewish families are a blend of ethnicities. In a single family, we can see God's prophetic plan at work, restoring Jewish people and restoring people from other nations, other nationalities and ethnicities through Messiah. This week's Haftorah, which is from 
Isaiah 49 also includes a prophetic word that's meant to encourage the Jewish people who cannot see how this broken world can be healed and how their own families could possibly be restored. God makes it clear that he will take initiative to bring this prophetic word into reality. And then he speaks about one of the ways he'll do it. And remember, this is God's initiative and God's plan that we are cooperating with. So we have to grasp it and we have to grasp it with our hearts so it becomes a priority to us. We have to grasp it with our minds so that we can understand it and be fruitful. So here's one of the ways that God will take initiative and he wants us to join him in this. He will use Gentiles to revive Jewish people. Of course, he will also use Jews to revive Jewish people, and he will use Jews to revive Gentiles, and he will use Gentiles to revive Jews, and of course he'll use Gentiles to revive Gentiles. It, it's kind of amazing when you break it down like that, you can see all of the variants that are possible here and how each of them can possibly work together so that God's great purposes can be accomplished. It, I, I think it's amazing. And now the prophetic word we're about to read together is being read in traditional synagogues throughout the world this weekend, as well as in our synagogue. Here's the word. It's from Isaiah 49, verses 22 and 23. It says this, Adonai Elohim, the Lord our God, answers and says, I am beckoning to the nations and I'm raising my banner for the peoples and they, which means people from Gentile backgrounds and ethnicity, they will bring your sons in their arms and carry your daughters on their shoulders. They, meaning Gentiles, will bring your sons, meaning Jewish sons, Jewish daughters. Verse 23, kings will be your foster fathers and their princesses or queens, your wet nurses or nursing mothers. I think it's important to understand that God has a plan to use Jews and Gentiles for mutually beneficial purposes in order to accomplish his greater purposes for humanity. And this requires, I'm gonna break it down and you're gonna say, Rabbi, you, you've already done this, but I'm gonna break it down so that it's really simple and straightforward to you. It will require two kinds of people, Jews, that's one kind, and Gentiles, that's another kind. So this speaks of mutual dependence. We all need each other. Jews need Gentiles and Gentiles need Jews. In reality, there's a spiritual battle against this direction. And at many times, the opposition seems to be quite fierce and even effective. And I dare say, you probably have been in the middle of this battle and you have your own war stories to tell, but you also may have been in the middle of it all and not realized sometimes what's going on. And so it's timely that we read about this right now. Let's go back to the passage and think about it. Isaiah 49, verses 22 and 23, God will turn to the Gentiles. He will use them to bring the sons and daughters of Israel back to their God and back to their people. So here's the challenge. 
and it's a serious challenge. I want to be clear about that. Many Gentiles who are called to be foster fathers and nursing mothers don't realize that they're called to be foster parents. And they may try to hold on to Jewish people and even control them and even make them take on Gentile identity. In fact, it's a hard calling for Gentiles who are foster parents. And any foster parent can tell you that the role of a foster parent is quite difficult. To pour out your love on someone else's child as if they are your own, and then to have to return them to the parent and family that had not been able to take care of them, that takes a lot of sacrifice. It involves a lot of heartache, really but there is great reward. These people who are foster parents are kings and queens in God's eyes. And these who are foster parents spiritually on behalf of the Jewish people are like kings and queens in God's eyes. Now, I wanna share with you some experience that, that I have had, some experience over the years that Sandy and I have had too, working with many Gentile Christian pastors in many different cities, many different countries, who started out well and whose hearts seemed to be strong because they had a heart for the Jewish people. But somewhere, somewhere along the line, they weren't content with being foster fathers. They wanted something else. They wanted to control the Jewish people in their congregations or in the Messianic congregations that they had initially supported. And they wanted to act in a way that went beyond the boundaries of a foster father. And I'm saddened to think about the trouble and the sorrow that's been caused by those who lost their way and went in wrong directions. It also helps us understand some difficulties in history, when the Gentile bishops of Christianity started dominating early Messianic Jewish leaders, um, the, the Gentile bishops, the Christian bishops considered Jewishness to be in opposition to Messiah, Jewishness to be against faith in Messiah. And today, we can say that is a major conceptual error, but think how much that error has dominated theology and practice over the centuries. And think about the harm it has done to Jewish people and how it's also harmed God's plans to revive Jews and Gentiles together. And so when we take stock, and it's quite sobering to do so, I know if you're familiar with Christian history and Jewish history, you know there's been a lot of conflict in these areas. Of course, there's been times and places with great progress and, and places where the error of replacement theology or of Gentile Christian domination has not been made or it has been corrected. So I don't want to be cynical. I don't want to paint with too broad a brush, but I want to be pretty specific and say, this is a prophetic word that will help us understand history, but also understand God's plans 
where we are and what the vulnerabilities, what the challenges may be that we're facing. So as hard as it is, this is what I want to remind you of. As hard as it is, God remains committed to the idea of Jews and Gentiles being mutual blessings and being mutual servants. And that's what we hold on to here. And it's what we hold on to now. And so I hope that we can open our hearts to being mutual blessings and mutual servants. So let's take a moment and pray. If it's in your heart to see Jewish people revived, whether you're a Jew or you're a Gentile, if it's in your heart to see Gentiles revived, whether you're a Jew, or a Gentile. And if it's in your heart to grasp that Messianic Jewish congregations and revival can include the revival of Gentiles also, then would you be able to pray with me right now? I want to pray for you and for all of us. Lord, we want to open our hearts to you and we want to say, Lord, we want to hold on to your vision of Jewish revival and revival of the nations. And we want to say, as you said, it's not enough to have one without the other. We want to be mutual blessings. We bring our hearts to you. We bring our minds to you, Lord. And we say we want to be mutual blessings and mutual servants. And so enlarge our hearts, give us more capacity. Lord, we pray that you would enlarge our minds and our understandings and that you would purify wrong motives and wrong understandings and bring us the kind of correction that will help us embrace even this challenging idea of it's not enough to merely focus on Jewish revival because you also want the nations of this world to be revived too. So let us be the kind of people that Lord can take both parts and combine them together into one complete message so that we're not moving with incomplete vision. Thank you, Lord. We pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. Now I want to turn to a second theme that I think also can bring comfort to us. And it can help us not only with our focus on revival, it can help us in almost every area of our life. And it's described in the Torah portion this week, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 22 where the Lord is talking about how Israel will be going into lands um, that are being given to it. And the Lord says this, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you little by little. In Hebrew, in this case, in the Bible, it's ma'at ma'at, little by little. You will not be allowed to eliminate them all at once or the wild animals will multiply around you. So. That's a prophetic passage that's also an explanation in advance to Israel before Israel goes into the promised land. Little by little, ma'at, ma'at, you can repeat it slowly after me, ma'at, ma'at, little by little. Some breakthroughs come, ma'at, ma'at, little by little, not all at once.
Not all at once, the Lord says to Israel, or the land would become desolate because wild animals would multiply quickly. If the whole territory were cleared of its population, then there would be problems that the people had not imagined. Opposing forces would fill in the vacuum. There'd be more trouble, not less trouble. Israel will get the territory little by little and needs time to become fruitful. And this idea of little by little is one of Yeshua's teachings that's actually, um, it's, a, it's like a nugget of truth that can be really useful to us. It can be powerful like a, a gold nugget, if you will, or like a diamond of some sort. It is a theme that is part of a recurring prophetic message and part of Yeshua's teachings in, uh, in many, many different situations. Luke chapter 16, verse 10, the Gospel of Luke chapter 16, verse 10, Yeshua says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. If we're trustworthy with a little, then we can be trusted with much. If we are trustworthy with what belongs to another, then we can be trusted with what will belong to us. Those two things are important. I'm focusing on the little and the much, but also on trusting, being trustworthy with what belongs to another is also connected to being trusted with what belongs to you. So be faithful, be faithful with a little. Don't despise the little that God has given to you. Even if the little has been entrusted to you and doesn't belong to you, even if the little does belong to you, take note of it. Yeshua says it's important. Matthew 25, Verse 23 says it another way. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. So faithful with a little, faithful with a few. This is the condition necessary to be put in charge of many things. So I tell you this because I found it's very useful for me. To pay, to pay attention to this idea that, that God looks at how we handle a little and how we handle what is not our own in order to decide when it's right for us to be given more and when it's right for us to be given what will belong to us. With that in mind, I want to add one more thought that's connected to this theme in this topic. And, and I believe that it will help us have some balance in our attitudes. Because on one hand, as I said at the beginning, we need to have the view that it's not enough. We can't just, we can't just be complacent or content with a little. But on the other hand, we do need to value small things and little things and small beginnings. So Zechariah chapter 4 verse 10 warns us to not despise 
the day of small things or the day of small beginnings. Don't despise that. Don't look down on small things. Don't look down on small beginnings. Sometimes people want more than they are ready for. That's true about all of us. And it's really important. It is really important for us to, to grasp that God wants us, the Lord wants us, our Heavenly Father wants us to be faithful with a little and to not despise small things and small beginnings. To be faithful with the small, to be faithful with the little, with the few. And as we go through times of transition and times of change, when you start over, it feels like, and you've got to start with small things one more time, then remember this, because don't turn your eyes away from it. Don't despise it. Don't think down upon it. God uses times of renewal and refreshment in, in sort of unusual ways, and he helps us have the right attitude. He wants us to see the big picture. He wants us to also be content with small things and small progress. It's a paradox, it's a challenge. It seems like he should value one or the other, but in fact, the Lord values both together. It's a both and proposition, if you will. Now with that in mind, <clears throat> I wanna focus on one more passage from this week's Torah portion. It's from Deuteronomy chapter 9, verses 4 through 6. The Lord says this, do not think in your heart. Isn't that an interesting idea, thinking in your heart? Because we usually say, you know, we think with our mind and we feel with the heart, but the thought and the heart are connected. The way we think in our heart uh, are, are connected. Do not think in your heart after the Lord your God has cast them out of the land before you, saying, do not think this, because of my righteousness, the Lord, <clears throat> the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. Don't think this. Don't think that we are the righteous ones. Don't think this way. <clears throat> Don't think that we're so good, and that's why we are being given whatever it is we are being given. This is, a, this is a wrong way to think about ourselves. The Lord is warning this. And don't have it internalized where it's in our hearts and in our minds. Not, it, it, it may be true we never say it, but don't have it in our hearts. I'm so good. In fact, we're not so good. This is what it says. It's because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out from before you. It's not that you're so good. It's that the Lord is dealing in a just way with those who are wicked. Verse 5, it's not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart that you go in to possess their land, but because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord your God drives them out from before you and so that he may fulfill the word which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Therefore, 
therefore. For all those reasons that the Lord has just enumerated, therefore understand that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness, because you are a stiff-necked people. This is a warning to the Jewish people. It's a warning to the children of Israel. It's a, it's a warning that applies to everyone who's joined together with the Jewish people. It's a warning to, to everyone. It's not our own righteousness that earns us God's blessing. It's his favor upon us. It's his mercy upon us. If he gave us what we deserved, we wouldn't get blessing. We don't deserve it. We have stiff necks, but his favor, his grace, his mercy is upon us. Our hearts are not always faithful or true. I hope you know that. I know that. I know that about me, and I think you know that about you. Now, some of you may be saying, well, Rabbi, we know that about you. Because you may be thinking, okay, Rabbi, your heart's not faithful or true. And that's correct. That would be correct. But it's true about all of us. It's true about Moses. It's true about the high priest. It's true about you. It's true about me. Our hearts are not always faithful or true. But God is faithful. Our God, our Heavenly Father, Hashem, Adonai. Adonai is faithful. And through his mercy, through his mercy, he shows us favor. And each one of us needs the Lord. We need his righteousness. We are not righteous. No, not one. And today is a good day to acknowledge that to the Lord. It's a good day for a step towards the Lord. If you've never come to that place where you could say to the Lord, I need you. I'm not righteous, but you are. I sin. I fall short. My heart is unreliable. I turn away from you so many times. If, if you can say to the Lord, I want to turn to you now. I need your forgiveness. I need your atonement. I need resurrection life through your son, Yeshua, our Messiah. If you can say that, now's a good time to do that and to put into words the things that are stirring in your heart right now. Maybe you've thought them. Maybe you have uh, believed them even, but it's time to express it. And I encourage you that you would take what's in your heart and you would speak it out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So let it be that you are saying to the Lord, thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness and your atonement through Messiah Yeshua. I want to follow him. I want to turn away from my sin and turn to you, Lord, in your righteousness. Let this be a day of new beginnings for me in Yeshua's name. Amen. And if you prayed like that, please let us know and reach out to us so that we can encourage you and we can pray for you and strengthen you in any way that we can. Well, right now we want to bless the Lord with a traditional Hebrew prayer. It may not be familiar to you, but I hope it does become familiar. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam HaTov V'HaMetiv. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, the good one and the doer of good.
Lord, we thank you that you are good and we want to keep your goodness in our hearts and in our minds. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God of peace and you've made your peace available to us in the name of Yeshua. Amen. In just a moment, we'll be closing with Aaron's blessing. But first, would you consider standing with us financially? If this live stream is a blessing to you, or if our Messianic Jewish Teachings podcast is a blessing to you, or if our uh, Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue Sanctuary Services are a blessing to you, or any of our ministries, would you consider standing with us during this important time? and blessing our ministry financially. All the information is available on our webpage, bethisraelnow.com slash giving. And let's close with Aaron's blessing. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha, Ye'er Adonai panavelecha v'yichunecha, Yisa Adonai panavelecha v'yasemlecha, Shalom. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep watch over you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen.